morning. My name is Judy, and I'm from the land called Judah. I'm so glad to see all of you this morning, but I have to tell you, I'm living in fear these days. You see, the Lord came and promised to us that the land that, that the Lord was going to give the Israelites would always be with us, and, and that the land would always bless God's people, the chosen people of Israel, but things just don't seem to be going that way. They just don't seem to be happening that way, but, but you know, people are people. People are people, and sometimes we don't listen to what the Lord tells us. The Lord has told us to follow the Lord's commandments, but, but I'm not sure we really are. I think we have a tendency to, to want to do what, what we want to do, and the prophets are telling us, come on now, let, let's get with it, and let's, let's do what the Lord is asking us to do, but I'm not really sure that that's, that's happening. So, so just, just a little while back, you see, Israel, well, Israel wasn't doing what they were supposed to be doing. And, and, and when our beloved King Solomon died, we, we, we sort of split into these, these two countries. And, and they call themselves Israel up north, but, but where I'm from, my, my family, we, we, we live in Judah, which is, which is to the south. But I've, I've watched Israel and it, I just don't understand it because they weren't doing what they were supposed to do according to what the prophets have been telling us. And then, then Israel got run over by this group called the Assyrians and, and all of the good people in Israel were taken out. They were made to go live somewhere else and they, they took all these people that we don't know and put them on our land. Our land. It was supposed to be for us, but now all these strangers are here and 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 then these Assyrians well they sort of came after Judah too and thankfully we didn't fall though but now the Babylonians have have taken over the Assyrians and oh the Babylonians are so much worse they're so they're they're they're, they're just mean they're meaner than the Assyrians were and so, you know, you've, you've heard of this guy, Zephaniah. You've heard of, of the prophet Zephaniah. Well, he's telling us that we've got to get our act together, that we've got to worship the one Lord. And, well, King Josiah, he's trying to do that. He's trying to get us to do that. But I'm just not sure it's making a difference. I'm not, I'm not sure what, what's going to happen. And Zephaniah keeps telling us that, that Judah's going to fall and, and that, that Jerusalem is, is, is going to be filled with so much wickedness that it's going to fall. And I just don't want that to happen. And, and I just don't know what's going to come. I don't know what's coming next. And so you see, I'm fearful. I'm fearful of what might happen. What Judy doesn't know is that Zephaniah is right. Jerusalem is going to fall, and Judah is going to fall. They're going to fall to the Babylonians. It's going to take some time, but it's going to happen. And what Zephaniah is telling the people is because you aren't being obedient to the Lord, because you're worshiping these other gods, you're going to fall, and it is going to happen. But thankfully, Zephaniah, like many of the other prophets doesn't stop with these negative warnings. 
Zephaniah ends on a hopeful, powerful note, which is what Michael just read to us, is that there is hope coming. That the fall of Judah and the fall of Jerusalem is not the end, that there is hope coming. And Zephaniah tells us that hope comes from the Lord in our midst. Zephaniah says, the king of Israel, the Lord, is in our midst. Now pay real close attention to what he says there. He says, the king of Israel, who is the Lord, not the guy sitting on the throne, the king of Israel, the Lord, is in our midst. And then Zephaniah says, do not fear, the Lord our God is in our midst. The Lord is in our midst. Even though Israel has fallen, Jerusalem's fallen, Judah has fallen, the Lord hasn't gone anywhere. Zephaniah says, the Lord's right here, the Lord's right here with us. The Lord is in our midst. One of the things that goes on this season and the season of Advent is that we remember that the Lord is in our midst. One of the names given to Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus with us. Jesus is the Son of God, incarnate, walking on the earth. That's how much the Lord loves us. Came down here and put up with all of this. Jesus of Nazareth, the Lord, the Lord made flesh, walking among us, Emmanuel, God with us, our Lord and Savior. Maybe you're like Judy and you're living in a little bit of fear today. Maybe you fear some of the things you see going on in this country. I know I do. Maybe you're fearing this, this body that's aging in ways that you really don't like. Maybe you're fearful of instability of your job, or maybe there's a bully at school that's making you a little bit fearful. Hear these words of good news. The Lord is in our midst. Jesus is with you. We do not spend a single day alone. We do not walk alone, not one minute, not one second. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is with us. The Lord is in our midst, and hope comes from the Lord in our midst. Zephaniah says that hope also comes because of the joy of the Lord. He says that the Lord will rejoice over you with, with gladness. He will exult over you with loud singing. The Lord rejoices over the faithful. The Lord rejoices over you. The Lord rejoices over all of us. The Lord sings loud songs. Over all of us, there's joy. The Lord rejoices with gladness. When I grew up, I never doubted that my parents loved me. And I recognize that I am blessed and fortunate and very lucky to have had that, to have known the love of my parents without question. I, they told us that they loved us all the time. But here's the interesting thing. They could tell me that they loved me, and yet there was one phrase that meant more to me than that. And I know that sounds strange, but to hear my parents say I love me, there was one phrase they could say that meant a little bit more to me, and that's when mom and dad said, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. That always meant more to me than I love you. When I was in high school, as a senior in high school, I was chosen to be one of the speakers at graduation. And I really couldn't tell you what I said that day. I could probably remember a few pieces of it, but what I do remember is looking out and seeing my dad 
sitting there, I'm about to reveal my age, with a boombox on his lap, recording the speech on a cassette tape. Have you ever seen a cassette tape? You don't even know what a cassette tape looks like. That's what my speech was recorded on, this big boombox in his lap. And I remember my dad's shoulders were thrown back, and he had a smile bigger than I had ever seen before. Y'all have seen it, that proud peacock look. He had the same look on his face the first, first time he ever heard me preach. He was so proud. My mother was more concerned um, that I had drunk too much water, and she was more concerned about that while I was preaching, but my dad just was proud as a peacock. My father rejoiced with happiness over me. Hear these words of good news. The Lord rejoices over you. Why? Simply because you are who you are. Simply because the Lord created you as you are. Simply because you can say, you know what, I know Jesus loves me. Simply because you can say, I know that Jesus was born because Jesus loves all of us. That's what the Lord rejoices in. The Lord rejoices in you, in you every single day, as you are. The Lord rejoices over the faithful. Our hope comes from the joy of the Lord. Zephaniah says that hope comes from the Lord gathering the faithful, bringing the faithful in. Zephaniah says that I am going to go for the lame, that I'm going to gather the outcast. The Lord is going to go for those who are vulnerable in society, those who are ill, those who have been exiled. Zephaniah has just told them all that Judah's going to fall and Jerusalem's going to fall. If it looks like what Israel happened, then you're going to be exiled, but don't worry. God's going to gather you as an outcast and bring you home. The Lord is bringing you home. I was in California on a business trip. I was in the hotel getting ready that morning when the news broke and it I, I froze in, in spot to watch what the news was saying. Elizabeth Smart had been found. This young girl, the story of hers gripped the nation. She was kidnapped out of her own bed in her own bedroom in the middle of the night when she was 14. She was missing for nine months. And I just remember the shock that they had found her, that she was coming home. But the image that stays in my mind was her father bounding up the steps into the police department. Talk about a man with joy in his heart. His daughter was coming home. He was relieved. You could see it physically in him, that joy. He could not get to her fast enough. She was coming home. For us, that coming home happens for us in two ways. First, we are redeemed in this lifetime. If you're feeling a little distant from Jesus today, if Jesus feels like he's just sort of right out of reach, that, that he's beyond your reach, that he's just out of that zone, know without question that Jesus is softly and tenderly calling your name. He's saying, come home. Come home. Come home and be with me. Then we also know that at the end of our lives, eternal life, 
that's coming home. That is the ultimate redemption. That is us living with the creator who loves us more than we can ever possibly imagine. That is us being with a creator that loves us so much that God sent Jesus to live with us. The hope of the faithful coming home happens now, today, and in the next life. Our hope rests in that. Zephaniah says that hope is going to come after all this disaster. That our hope comes from the Lord in our midst. That the hope comes from the joy of the Lord and who we are. And that the hope comes in gathering the faithful, bringing them home again. Today is the first Sunday of Advent. As Ethan and I were talking about, we lit one candle and it reminds us of hope. That's the traditional candle during the first Sunday of Advent is the candle of hope. We are reminded that our hope is placed in Jesus Christ for our salvation now and our redemption in the future. I want you to pay special attention to something that's going on in the part that Michael read out of Zephaniah. The people aren't doing anything. God is the actor. God is doing all of the work. It's God who gives joy. It's God who gives hope. And it is God who does all of the work for our redemption. It is God who does the work for salvation. It is God who brings us back to God. It's God's work. This church has been through a lot this year. We have seen a lot of broken relationships. We've seen tragedy. We've seen people saved who probably shouldn't have survived what they went through. We've seen people dealing with illness. We've seen loved ones hurt and hurt deeply. And all of that pain has affected this congregation. We've grieved together. We've loved together and we have hurt together. So where do we see hope? I see hope right here. I don't know if you can sense it the same way I can, but I feel like there's, we're stabilizing. I feel like our joys and concerns are more filled with joy than they have been in a while. And I feel like things are kind of, I don't want to jinx us, but I feel like we're standing more on solid ground now. And a lot of that pain, a lot of that grief is starting to dissipate. Next week... We're going to have children in our fellowship hall, and it's going to be messy, I'm telling you now. We're going to have syrup, we're going to have icing, we're going to have paint, we're going to have sand. It's going to be a mess, and it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be so much fun. And when I think back over this year, the highlights of this year for me keep coming back to Devon and the things that we have been doing with our youth this year. And we're going to a movie, and we're going to have lunch together, and we're just going to laugh, and we're going to have fun. And that's coming up in a couple of weeks. So for me, I can see the hope here. I can see the hope in this congregation as we move on. You know what? That's true. Every memory that I also have of these things that we've done with Devin, I keep getting injured. I was injured at the, the, the Ninja Warrior thing. My shoulder still hurts from that. And I, I fell at the state fair with him. You know, my knee started hurting yesterday. It's like... So I have hope that I'm going to be injured more next year with our youth things and with our children things. But you know what? I think that's okay. They're going to, oh, great. He's going to come up with more. He's going to want to go scale a building or something, and I'm going to be involved in that. 
Jonathan does it. You like to like rock climb and stuff like that? Oh, good. Okay, you and I are going to get along fine. Jonathan and I are going to be fine. We, we will watch Devin climb up a rock and you and I will just be fine. Yes, sweetheart. And I climb a rock too. You know what? You're the wall climber? Oh, dear. Okay. All right, so I tell you what, I'll stand at the bottom and catch you. How's that? Is that good? No. I'll try it once. I'll try it once, and then I can use it as a sermon illustration the next week of how I got injured yet again. Right? Because that's what I do. That's hang out long enough with me, and you will become a, you will become a sermon illustration. Right? Hang out with me long enough, and you're going to appear in a sermon. Our hope comes from the Lord in our midst. Jesus is here with us. Our hope comes from the joy of the Lord, the joy the Lord takes in the faithful. Our hope comes from so many different places, from the redemption of the faithful coming home and being brought back. Rest in the assurance, Jesus is with you. Here, yesterday, tomorrow, and always place your hope in the Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.